Praise you, Lord. Praise the Lord. For the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. Oh, you're so good to us. So good to us. So good to us. Lord, we are so thankful. So many things had to go right for us to be here together tonight. <laughs> so many answered prayers. You have sustained us. And we are thankful. Hallelujah. Praise God. You, you can be seated. I, I want to sing a song. And I'd like for you to join me as you pick up on it. And it's what we just got through talking about. Can you testify that the Lord has brought you through some rough spots? Have there been some times and places where you didn't know what to do and you didn't know how you would make it through, didn't even see if, if you would make it through, but you did? He did, and you did, and here you are. How many can say yes, yes, yes? I can hold up both hands and a foot. And the Lord gave me this song some years ago about this. And so I want to sing it. I want to sing it to Him. And as you pick it up, would you uh, join in with me? And one of the things that uh, the Lord quickened to me about this some years ago, He spoke to my heart. I don't mean to hurt a voice, but he said, Keith, would you like to know how to increase, how to enlarge your capacity to receive from me? I didn't pause. I didn't think about it. I said, yes, yes, and please, yes. And he said this to me. It burned in me. He said, uh, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Everybody say that out loud. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Every one of those words are significant. Cultivate means it's not going to happen unless you make an effort for it to happen. A lifestyle. That's not something you do just on Sunday or Friday. or when, Come on, y'all with me. This is something you do. In the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. It's a lifestyle. A lifestyle of what? Thanksgiving. Praise God. So after that, we put up little placards around the ministry that said, Remember to be thankful. <laughs> remember. Because rem you got you to stir yourself up. So as I sing it, would you stir yourself up on this? Because you're not just doing what ought to be done. You're also doing something wonderful for yourself. It allows your insides to be enlarged to receive more from Him. Praise God. Go ahead and, and roll that, please, guys. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 
Oh, yes. Thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you. Oh, my Father. Yes, I thank you, Lord, with all of my heart. You've sustained me in times of trouble. I will thank you with all my heart. Everybody say, Oh, I thank you, oh, my Father, yes, I thank you, Lord, all of my heart, you've sustained me in the times of trouble, and I will thank perished away yes I would to sustain me in the time of my trouble and I will thank you oh my heart is that your heart oh I thank you oh my father Yes, I thank you, Lord, with all of my heart. You sustain me in the time of trouble. And I will thank you with all my heart. With all 
praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful tonight. How about you? I am so thankful. I'm so thankful. Oh, there's been place after place. There's been time after time. We wouldn't have made it through. But here we are. (laughs) Me and you. And the Lord's not done with us yet. There's more to come. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my Father. Oh, how many times has it helped you pay your bills? We could just thank God all night long, all night long. How many times? How many times has He healed your babies? Come on, healed your children. How many times? How many times? Probably don't even know. How many times has He healed you up and got you back on the road, got you going again? How many times? How many times? How many times? Oh, thank you, Lord. If it had not been for the Lord, I would have fallen. Everybody say, if it had not been for the Lord, I'd have perished away. You sustain me in the time of trouble. I will thank you with all my heart. Oh, hallelujah. Say it. Oh, I thank you. Oh, my Father. Yes, I thank you, Lord, with all of my heart. You sustain me in the time of trouble. I will thank you with all my heart. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, just keep praising Him for a moment. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, just keep praising Him some. Worship You sustain me through every time of trouble. Thank you for my heart. If it had not been for the Lord, I would have fallen. Yes, I would. If it had not been for the Lord, I'd have perished away. You sustain me in the time of trouble. I will thank you with all my heart. Hallelujah. 
Everybody in Branson, everybody in Sarasota, everybody online. The scripture said Job was going through a terrible time in his life. And the Bible said the Lord turned his captivity when he prayed for his friends. Hallelujah. I'd like for us to pray for somebody else tonight. There's a lot of people joined together tonight in, in the churches in Branson and Sarasota and here and a lot of people on the internet, thousands. And people are going through some things. And sometimes it can be a lot easier to believe for something if you're not feeling the pain. And you can believe for your brother or sister tonight. Just close your eyes. Focus on them. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Then I want us, we're not just praying it now, and, then, and that's it. We're releasing faith that wherever they are and whatever's going on with them, grace will flow to them, and healing will flow to them, and deliverance will flow to them. Hallelujah. Say it out loud, Father God. I lift up my brother and my sister to you wherever they are, in this building, outside this building, whatever they're going through, I join faith with them right now. And I'm asking you to give them grace and strength that would sustain them, reveal to them the answer. Or remind them of what you've already shown them. I'm asking, Lord, let healing power flow into them right now. Let delivering power come on them right now. Strengthen them with strength in their inner man right now. I ask it, I believe I receive it, and I thank you for it. Oh, hallelujah. Now release faith as you lift up your hands, as you thank God. Believe that something is happening for them right now. Believe that miracles are happening right now. Healings are happening right now quickenings quickenings of the spirit strengthening of the spirit right now right now oh hallelujah come on keep your faith up keep believing expecting oh hallelujah hallelujah oh hallelujah 
Don't look at me. Just keep your eyes closed. I'm not the healer. I'm not the deliverer. He is. Sometimes the Lord will show me some of the things that He's doing. A number of people are being healed in their stomachs and in their digestive tracts. If that's you, put your hand if that's you, put your hand on your, on your belly, on your stomach. Ha, ah, in the name of Jesus. Askaseda. Ulcers, which are, which are just sores, open sores inside the stomach and intestines are being healed right now. They're being healed right now. Koferam Ah. The power of God going into stomachs, going into the intestines, in this building and outside this building. Oh, if that's you, don't miss it. All you got to do is put your hand on your stomach and say, I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive it. Stomachs be healed. Intestines be healed. Colon be healed. The entire digestive system be restored be healed, be made whole in the name of Jesus. Oh, some, some will feel it like heat, almost like fire working inside you. It's healing you up right now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, keep your faith up. You're not just believing for yourself. You're believing what you pray. You're believing for somebody else. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you. You sustain me. Times of trouble. And I thank you. With all my heart. Oh, hallelujah. Someone has had shortness of breath. Shortness of breath. And the power of the Lord is here to heal you right now. In this house and outside this house. If that's you, put your hands on your chest. And prepare to receive. <laughs> oh, Lord, you're such a good healer. Such a good healer. You're such a faithful, good, kind healer. In the name of Jesus, lungs, be clear. Be cleansed. Cancer, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I command you to die. Dry up. Wither away. Be gone. Lungs, be restored, be renewed, be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, if that's you, put your hand on your chest and take a real deep breath right now. And in breathing, you're not just breathing air. You believe you receive. Believe that you receive healing. Put your hands on your chest. Take a deep breath. Be healed. 
Take another one. Be healed in Jesus' name. Lungs be clear. Be clean. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And just keep thanking Him. Thanking Him for hearing your prayer and healing people here and and outside of here. And also for whatever you need. But you're focused on them right now. Oh, just say thank you for healing my brother. Thank you. Thank you for delivering my sister. Oh, hallelujah. What you can't do and what men can't do, God can do. He can deliver you from addictions. He can deliver you from chemical addictions. He can deliver you from addictions of watching things that you ought not, doing things you ought not. He can deliver you from spending an addiction to shopping. He can deliver you whatever it is that you've done it over and over and every time that you did it you felt so bad afterwards and you think why did I do that what is wrong with me it's the the enemy if you yield to it it can be an addiction in your life just keep your eyes closed focus on him there is deliverance right here right now the anointing destroys the yoke removes the burden and heals the brokenhearted. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands. Nobody needs to know. But all over the place and all over the other, other houses, lift your hands. And let's say it out loud. I believe I receive complete freedom from every addiction, every bondage. In Jesus' name. I take strength. I believe I receive freedom, liberty in the Spirit of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be free. Be free. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody needs to say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Completely free unquestionably free. Oh, I thank you. Oh, my Father. Yes, I thank you, Lord, with all of my heart. You sustain me times of trouble I will thank you 
with all my let's do it again oh I thank you oh my father yes I thank you Lord with all of my heart you sustain me in times of trouble I will thank you with all my heart oh father we do thank you just lift up your hands another time Lord thank you for hearing our prayers and doing numerous and great and good things already and throughout the rest of the service and throughout the night and tomorrow oh somebody say the anointing is working in me come on say it again the anointing is working in me oh the anointing is working in me oh thank you father Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Look at me if you would now. You can keep playing. Um, there's a number of other things. Marital difficulties. Family difficulties strife even physical violence no looking around just nobody needs to know one of the biggest things in situations like this is casting the care of that on the Lord as long as you hold on to it you can't fix it but if you're holding on to it he doesn't have it. So you got somebody that's got it that can't fix it, and the one that can fix it doesn't have it. That's a problem. It's, a, it's an act of faith. It's not giving up. It's an act of faith to acknowledge, I can't fix this. But I know who can. And so I'm going to cast the care of this thing over on him, and I know a lot of people would be stressed and they'd be upset, and I have been, but I'm stopping that. I'm just going to cast the care of it over on the Lord and trust that whatever needs to happen will happen and will come out okay and better than okay. Come on, can you say that? So, so let's all say it together. Say, Lord, nothing's too big for you. Nothing's too hard for you. I trust you. And I rest in you. And I cast all my care. All the care for these things. I cast it on you. I throw it on you. And I leave it with you. Hallelujah. 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 It's going to be okay. 
It's going to be all right. It's going to be better than that. Hallelujah. Somebody say it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to work out. Hallelujah. Not moved by what I see. Not moved by what I've been hearing. I'm not moved by what I've been feeling. I'm not moved by that. Faith is a rest. You just breathe a sigh of relief. And you lean back on the everlasting arms. Hallelujah. And you scoot up under the wings of the Almighty. Hallelujah. And you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, underneath the shadow of His mighty power, His mighty wings. Somebody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. I'm confident that if we took the time, we'd have a lot of testimonies right now. And if you, a number of people, your, your body's already changed. There's some things have changed in your body. Stomachs. Hallelujah. Lungs, the other thing. If that's you and you check yourself and it's already changed, raise your hand. I want to see if that's you. Look at there. Hands, 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 hands. That's what I thought. And we, we don't see the hands in the other places, but we got people sitting behind a computer screen raising their hand right now. Somewhere in North Dakota, <laughs> Canada, South America. Thank God. Thank God. The Spirit of God's everywhere. Isn't He awesome? Isn't He wonderful? So glorious. Praise God. You, you can be seated. Thanks, guys. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Well, if we just uh, dismissed and went home now, I believe we could say we had church. The Lord, Church! It's when the Lord shows up. That's, that's church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you bring your Bible with you this evening? Thank you, Father. So thankful. Boy, he can do in a moment what no man can do. Hallelujah. But uh, things that the Lord did for you, don't just keep that to yourself. Testify. Let other people know. Right? Don't be like the nine lepers that didn't come back. The Lord says, where's the other nine? Didn't he say that? You don't want the Lord saying that about you. Where, where are they? I did that for them and never, never even heard about it. So, you, uh, Because not only is it right to give thanks to him, but it can inspire somebody else. That they can receive. And the Lord wants to use that. Uh, let's go again to scripture we looked at last night. In Habakkuk. The second chapter. And then also in 1 John. The second chapter. 1 Thank you Lord. Things are still going on. 
just because I didn't call it out didn't mean a lot of other things happened. Uh, the Lord doesn't show me everything, of course, anybody. He just shows you a little bit. And, uh, but uh, healings are still going on. And we'll continue throughout the service. I was in a service some years ago, and uh, I meant it similar to this kind of a manifestation. And, and uh, after the, uh, the service, uh, a lady that hadn't raised her hand, hadn't stood up anything, she came up and she said, look, look, look. I said, okay. <laughs> I'd, ne I'd never saw her before. She said, no, you don't understand. She said, uh, you said the healings would continue. You know, the Bible said he sent his word yes, yes. and healed them, yes. delivered them from their destructions. And she said, uh, I had a stroke on the right side of my body. I didn't have movement on my face. I couldn't use that hand. Couldn't even write. She said, you see all these notes I took? She said, she said look. <laughs> Glory to God. Just, just while she's sitting there. That's our master. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Big part of what he did everywhere he went. Minister healing and deliverance. He has not changed. And he never will. That's always high on his priority. What he wants to do. Every service. Everything that he's doing. He doesn't want his people to be hurting. Doesn't want them bound. Doesn't want us encumbered by wrong things. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Last night, we began to get into some things concerning faith and grace and help. I'd like to read our text again. And just, uh, I got plenty of notes here, but that doesn't mean that we got to go that way. And uh, we already have gone a different way. But you're believing with me. And Branson, you're believing with me. Sarasota, you're believing with me. All the folks that are, that are with us. A few weeks ago, we had, uh, not, not weeks ago, it's been longer than that. But we got a testimony from a guy in a country on the other side of the world. He was watching the broadcast on a Friday night like this. And he was at a cyber cafe. You know, be like a coffee shop or something. And because uh, they had internet. And uh, he was watching, and we were talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues right there in the cyber cafe. <laughs> Isn't that great? Glory to God. So all kind of things are good, happen good things are happening. And you know, the Lord's always ready to do great and good things if we'll cooperate with Him. Hallelujah. And that's my desire. Isn't it yours? In Habakkuk, the second chapter, and the fifth verse, very familiar phrase that's repeated several times in the New Testament, but this phrase uh, that you originally see, you don't see in the other places, but it goes with. It says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up and is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. We live by faith, 
We walk by faith. We please God by faith. We receive by faith. We overcome by faith. But something he mentions in the same verse, the same sentence, is that if you, a person's soul is, is haughty or prideful, it's not right. But by contrast, the just will live by his faith. And as, as what you heard earlier, that the Lord gave us that phrase that, that faith and pride don't coincide. Coincide has to do with occupying the same place at the same time. They don't. They can't. They're of two completely different natures. Being a faith person doesn't mean you're completely independent. It means you're completely dependent on God. Now that makes you free from dependence on man, and that's wonderful. But it's not that you're independent from anything and everybody, that I can do whatever I need to with my faith. That's a distortion. The Lord didn't just say, have faith. He said, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Two very different things. I believe I can do anything. Well, that's not a, that's not a scripture quote. <laughs> you left off a really important part. <laughs> I can do anything. If you stop right there, you misquoted. I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one and his anointings. We are completely dependent on him. And if that's real to you, you won't be haughty. You'll be thankful. Right? I can do anything. I can believe for anything. I can get through anything. Don't leave off. Those other two words, through him, in him, with him, by him. In uh, 1 John, the second chapter, 1 John 2.15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man, anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Because all that's in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the Young's literal translation, instead of saying the pride of life, it says the ostentation of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. It goes on to say in verse 17, the world is passing away and the desires of it. But he who's doing the will of God, he remains or abides forever or remains through the age. Something I, I'm, I'm convinced we haven't focused on enough to about the church, including ministers, myself included. We haven't talked enough about or thought enough about our reward after this life. Jesus talked a lot about it. 
The Spirit of God through Paul and Peter and others talked a lot about it. If you study it, you'll see it just keeps coming up, keeps coming up. He keeps talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, your reward, your place in the kingdom to come. And a lot of folks, they, they act like they, you know, are almost embarrassed to talk about, oh, I, you know, I'm not thinking about reward. You should be. You should be. It helps keep you focused correctly. And it is motivation. Hmm. The Bible said if you be risen with Christ, set your affection on things above, not on things beneath. Your, how many believe you're born again? Come on, I want to see a show of hands. You believe you're saved? You believe your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? If that's true, and I'll accept your testimony, they're working on your place tonight in glory. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I'd have told you. They're working on your place. Your good stuff is there. It makes all your stuff down here. Look chintzy. Cheap. I don't care if it's the best thing ever made. Compared to those things. Because everything down here. Is like a gallon of milk. It's got a date on it. It's only good. For a few days. And then it's going bad. Everything down here. Everything. Your house. Your car, your clothes, everything is very, very temporary. I overheard some Rhema students when I was teaching at Rhema some years ago. Happened, they were talking loud. I wasn't trying to hear. They, everybody heard them around me. Two or three or four of them standing around. Him, and they were talking about, was supposed to be testifying, but one of them was just bragging. There is a difference. And uh, it was a little irritating, and he had more stuff than, than the others. You know, just because you have stuff doesn't mean God gave it to you. Amen. There are other ways of getting things besides God adding it to you. Oh, yeah. And uh, finally, one of the guys spoke up. He said, well... Because the guy's talking about all the stuff he had. The other guy spoke up and said, well, okay, so what? Your pile of ashes will be bigger than mine. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Yes, Everything down here is going to burn. It's going to melt with fervent heat. <laughs> and so what he was saying in this passage, don't. Don't focus on and don't love what's down here. It's passing away. Set your affection on things above. Think of, you know, so many are willing to sacrifice tomorrow for to grab something today. But the wise man or woman is willing to sacrifice today things and what have you. For a greater place tomorrow. And a greater reward tomorrow. 
Is it true that soon and very soon all the kingdoms of this world are going away? And there's only going to be one. One and one only. Eternal kingdom of God. Is it true that those that have believed on Him and been faithful to Him, He's going to cause to rule and to reign with Him in this eternal kingdom? He talks about people that's going to rule over a city. But not everybody, I mean the coming kingdom is not socialistic. What do you mean? It's not communistic. What do you mean? It is not evenly divided among everybody. The Bible said in the resurrection, the saints are going to differ in glory like the stars differ in glory. Some stars are a lot brighter than others. He talked about one individual being over a city, another being over ten cities. Is that right? So we, we need to be reward conscious. It, it, it causes you not to fixate on stuff down here. And it helps you to be free from covetousness. Colossians 3.5 says that covetousness is idolatry. It's a serious thing. And every one of us have touched it and it's touched us it's because of the nature of the flesh it's wanting something too much and if you want something too much you'll go too far to get it y'all with me friends it's a it's a problem throughout the earth don't don't think well i i'm saved i'm sanctified i don't have trouble with that anymore you're being foolish. There are things you want. Right? There are natural things you want. And you can want them too much. Uh, Brother Hagen said the Lord appeared to him on one occasion and talked to him about finances and prosperity. And one of the things he said he told him, he said, if you'll learn to follow the leadings of my spirit, I'll make you rich. Most Christians don't believe that at all. Most church-going people, they don't believe that at all. They do not believe the head of the church, the Lord Jesus, would look at you and say such a thing. But the Bible completely agrees with it. And it's just a matter of being religious and not knowing Him. But Brother Hagin said he was at that place when the Lord told him that. It didn't sound right to him. Too much religion. Don't care who you are. But he said the Lord knew his thoughts. And said I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to their being covetous. Money is not the root of all evil. Scripture didn't say that. What did it say? The love of money. Is the root of all kinds of evil. And you can love money and have none. Is that right? You can long for some money and not have any. It's not the having of money. It's the longing for it and the loving it. And being willing to do immoral and wrong things to get it. 
If you can love it and not have it, you could have it and not love it. You could have it and not love it. You could live like he said, freely you've received, freely give. It flows in and it flows out. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord would have us qualify to handle more. I believe that's one of the reasons I'm here standing in this church tonight. Talking about this because God's will is for you to qualify to handle much more. You don't, you don't want to miss receiving that tonight. I don't believe this is Brother Keith just talking here. I believe I speak by the word of the Lord. It is his will. And it is planned for you to qualify to handle much more. Much more. Much more. But every one of those words is significant. Many are not handling more because they don't qualify. They don't qualify. Every one of us have to have a heart and 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 demonstrated faithfulness and that comes from our priorities. And you have to overcome pride and covetousness. If you're going to handle significant kingdom resources. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hokawe ishneandeke ifaane mans aojor. For the world seeks after all these things. Enkai ikawe nishiak. And many love them and long for what money can give them and do for them. And it is their God. And it is their Lord. And they serve mammon. And they seek it from early to late. And they spend their youth. And they spend their strength. And they compromise their integrity. And they lie. And they steal. Because the love of God is not filling their hearts. But Oshno Wainte, you are my people. And Koe Unchue and Emae. And all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. But Asi Ineke. But the little one, as long as they are undeveloped, are like a servant and are not trusted with the resources. Baaska Winduche, I need you to grow up so I can distribute more to you and through you so that I can trust you that you will do what I tell you to do. With all that I give you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Lord, we worship you. We, I worship you. 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 Hallelujah. Everybody say it out loud if this is your heart. Say, say, Lord God. I am yours. Use me as it pleases you. Teach me and work in me that I may be more usable to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Uh, <laughs> glory to God. He's, his spirit is here. Many have failed tests. Doesn't mean the Lord doesn't love you. But he can't trust you with more until you're faithful with little. Can you see that? You know, people say, well, the blood of Jesus qualifies. It qualifies you to be a child of God. It qualifies you to go to heaven. It does not qualify you to handle millions of kingdom resources, millions of dollars and equipment and everything like that. You have to obey him with the $20 bill. If you won't obey him with the 20 he's not foolish. He's not going to give two million to somebody that won't obey him with 20. And if you do, you're foolish. Now with me, friends. He said the, the tithe, the tenth, is mine. If you don't believe that, then what else can he talk to you about? People act like the, there's a reason why the enemy fights this so hard. Why there's such a move to say, oh, that's Old Testament. Oh, that's, uh, well, uh, Hebrews is not Old Testament. Matthew's not Old Testament. These are folks that don't know the Bible. Or um, maybe I shouldn't say it that strong. They, you don't know what revelation another person has. But all of us need to be careful about saying, there's nothing in the Bible about that. That's acting like you know a lot about it. I'm interested in qualifying to handle significantly greater kingdom resources. This is a lot more than money. It includes money, but it's a, the money is the smaller part of it. How many would like to have more of God's plan revealed to you? Oh, that's worth far more than any money. The plan of God. Oh, we're talking about the wisdom of God. How many would like more of his revelation given to you? Revelation. Understanding. How about some more grace? And more anointing? And anointings in different areas? Oh, these things are precious. How about more gifts of the Spirit? More word of wisdom. More word of knowledge. More discerning of spirits. More gifts of healings and working of miracles.
We, this is the, the thing these verses are talking about. We, we have to overcome our flesh that wants to be seen and wants to be noticed. The Lord, the, you run into a limitation. I know as uh, I touched on this in the marriage meeting, it'll bear repetition here that uh, as a boy, I began reading the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'd never read the Bible and, and I, I started in Genesis and I, I got to Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. And one of the first times the Lord's, I, I, I can look back and say he spoke to me, I know he did. I was sitting in a chair, a boy, reading the Bible. And the, the scripture said, um, Numbers 12, 3, Now the man Moses was meek above all the men on the face of the earth. And when I read it, the Spirit of God kind of arrested me. And I knew he was there. And, and, and I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me, he spoke to my mind. He said, did you notice Moses was the most humble man in his generation. I thought, yeah, I saw that. And just immediately he said, do you also realize he's the most used man of me in his generation? You talk about power. The things that happen, a lot of people, many people today don't even believe. Throwing his rod down, it became a serpent that swallowed up all of their serpents. I mean, uh, speaking to this and, and, and the whole countryside changing. Speaking to this and doing this, raising up your rod and, and a sea splitting and sides big. You talk about power. What kind of man has God used for something like that? The one who knows the most scriptures. Huh? Uh-uh. One to spend the most hours praying. Not necessarily. You can pray vain prayers. Y'all with me? What, what kind of man did he pick? The most humble. Propagating a lie. Because the truth is, you didn't do it. He did it through you. He did it by you. Humility is just being honest. It's just being honest. This is exciting. I said this is exciting. Do you believe it's exciting? Thank you, Lord. I want to talk to you for a few minutes, I believe, by the Spirit of the Lord, with about the purpose of prosperity, God's will and God's plan. It is His will for us to have abundance, but it's for much more than the accumulation of personal things. Jesus said in, in Luke 12, 15, he said, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not 
in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Jesus warned them and us about what? Covetousness. Now don't, don't raise a hand, but just answer the question in yourself. Have you ever been covetous? Hmm? I can tell you without hesitation. Yes. Yes, you have. Coveting. Coveting is longing for something. Wanting it too much. I remember my grandmother was secretary and treasurer and Sunday school teacher for 50 years at the local Pentecostal church. And so she took us to church. Thank the Lord. And uh, so I, I, I believed in God and I believed in prayer. Didn't know too much about faith. And uh, I was 13. And I, I heard about a, a little used motorcycle that was for sale. And I wanted that motorcycle. It was used. Looking back now, it was a piece of junk, but I didn't see it that way at the time. I'm 13. And I wanted that. I wanted it, as they say, bad. And so I, I prayed and I said, Lord, if you'll give me that motorcycle, I'll go to church. I'll ride that motorcycle to church every service. It'll be parked out there in front of the church. <laughs> well, I wound up getting it. I missed it. My folks missed it by getting it because I pulled and pled so hard. And guess what? I think I might have rode it to church twice. <laughs> Is there a problem with that? Yeah, I'm just a boy, but that doesn't change your heart. Young heart, old heart, same deal. I wanted it too much. I wanted it more. I, I didn't want it to go to church on and do something for the Lord. That's disingenuous. That's dishonest. What did I want it for? To ride where I wanted to ride, do what I wanted to do. I'd be cool. I'd have a, I'm mobile. Hmm? I think I rode it two or three months and it broke. And it sat in the garage for the next two or three years. Not blessed. Didn't, wasn't putting God first. Not, uh, not, not tithing, not giving, not. My, my focus was not to use it to do something for him. My focus was what I wanted. And that was more important to me than anything, any of his things. But I was trying to act like I'm going to do something for God with it. To help justify Getting it. I'm not the last one that did that. 
I don't know what the people have told me. Are we going to do this? We're going to do that. We're going to believe for this money. We're going to, we're going to get this house. We're going to get this, these vehicles. We're going to get this stuff. We're going to do all these things for the Lord. And in numerous occasions, they wound up getting it. But the Lord's part, you never saw that. Brother Kenneth Copeland said, uh, oh, this would have been probably 40 years ago now. He said, he kept hearing people say, you know, we're not going to get that expensive carpet for the church. We're going to save the Lord some money. <laughs> we... We're not going to buy that expensive piano. We're not going to build on. We, you know, use the cheaper stuff and get by with less. Save the Lord some money. We save the Lord some money. And Christians talking about, you know, they save the Lord some money. And so the Lord asked him, he said, when am I going to get all this money that people are saving for me? It's not true. It's not true. It's a religious hypocrisy thing. It's, it's, it's not right. What is the purpose of God-added prosperity? It is not just the accumulation of personal things, and it is not just living the most comfortable life we can live. Faith is not about showing people what I can believe for. I've heard many times people say, I'm, I'm going to show my relatives. I'm going I'm to show them that healing is real. I'm going to show them how faith works. You're going to show them. <laughs> and so when they see it, what are they going to see? They're going to see what you did. You're not seeking God's glory. Subtleism deceptive think about this many times some of the greatest miracles you read about in the gospel accounts the Lord said don't tell a soul didn't he say that don't tell anybody go home don't tell anybody about it. he needs people that are not looking to be seen that are not looking to be noticed that are interested in doing what he said and are perfectly happy to step in, do it, step out. Hallelujah. I know the, I struggled to get filled with the Spirit because we were taught to tarry. Some of y'all taught to tarry? Okay, I know where you went to church. <laughs> and and so I I struggled. I, I went years. I don't know how many times I went to the altar and and tarried and tarried and and didn't receive. And so you you do that, it can form a block to you and wrong thinking. Well, finally, by the mercy of the Lord, through Brother Hagen's materials, I read his books and learned. But you just believe you receive, and and finally did. And uh, but then in the ministry, because I had gone through that. When it came time to pray for people to be filled with the Spirit, I was reluctant. <laughs> I'd put it off to the last thing. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, everybody pray. Everybody pray. <laughs> Pull off my coat, roll my sleeve up. I call, come on, we're going to get this, you know. <laughs> and I didn't realize how much I'm, 
I'm doing this. Until one day there was, the whole front was lined up with people to be filled with the Spirit. And I'm doing that again. I'm pulling off my coat. And everybody praying. And the Lord said, stop. Stop. Don't touch them. I thought, don't touch them. Don't touch them. And it's scriptural to lay hands on people. But he's trying to help me out. He said, don't touch them. He said, Keith, you are not the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now, if you'd have asked me before, I'd have said no. And yet, I'm trying to act like I can do this. Didn't even realize how much I was doing that. He said, don't touch them. Don't even pray for them. I thought, don't even pray for them. He said, you tell them I'm the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. You tell them lift up their hands. And then you say, be filled. And then step back and get out of my way. Somebody needs to say, say it out loud, I'm not the healer. I'm not the Savior. I'm not the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. I'm not the deliverer. I'm not the provider. Man, when you realize that, oh, a load will roll off of your shoulders. You'll get so free. I knew it was him, so I said, okay. And, and I'm, he, knew, he knew, knows your heart and mind. I, my mind was thinking, wonder if anybody's going to receive anything. But that's, that's where I was at. So I, I said, okay, everybody close your eyes and, you know, lift your hands up. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. So be filled in Jesus' name. And I just, I literally turned around, stepped back like this. And I mean, one by one, they started talking in tongues, started to talking in tongues, started talking in tongues. Started, I thought, glory to God. I have been in the way. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. In Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8. I want us to read verse 7 down through about verse 18. You in a big hurry? You got time for this tonight? I believe this is a significant night. I believe important things are going on right now. I believe what folks do with this is going to determine whether in the near future you're qualified to handle greater kingdom resources or you stay where you are. In Deuteronomy 8, 7. If we put that on the screen, please. He said, For the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills. Just keep going. We're going to keep reading verse after verse. A land of wheat and barley and vines, and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey. A land wherein you'll eat bread without scarceness. Everybody say, without scarceness. Without scarceness. No tightness. 
No tightness. You'll not lack anything in it. Now that used to be his will. When did he change? He, he doesn't change. It still is his will. The scripture says in Matthew 6, says the Father knows you have need of all these things. He wants you to have all these things. But he wants us to have a vision bigger than our rent being paid. And our utilities being paid. And our insurance being paid. If it's taking all the faith we've got to pay our monthly bills, then we got no expand the vision kingdom. And we got no expand the vision resources. That's not the will of God. The will of God is not not enough or just enough. His will is more than enough. Somebody say his will. His will for me is more than enough. You're paying for everything and you're ahead on everything and and you have surplusage. Surplus. That's what abundance is. Surplus. Extra. Or extra, depending on where you're from. A land wherein you'll eat bread without scarceness. You won't lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron. Out of the hills you'll dig brass. Keep going. When you have eaten and you're full, then what, you, what are you supposed to do? You bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Keep going. Beware. Everybody say beware. beware. Look at your neighbor. Tell them beware. What? Beware. beware means we'd say watch out. Watch out. Watch out about what? That you forget the Lord your God in not keeping his commandments and judgments and statutes that I command thee this day. Now the new covenant fulfillment of that is keeping, believing on the Lord, that's faith, and Keeping the love command. That's the fulfilling of the law. How many of we still do have a commandment? To love. And also he told us to believe. So Beware that you forget not. The Lord your God in keeping his commandments, judgment, statutes, which are commanded this day. Keep going. Lest when you have eaten and you're full and you've built goodly houses and you dwell therein. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. Now, we've we got to stop right there. Houses, flocks, gold, silver. That used to be the will of God. It did. I read it. It used to be. Used to be the will of God. When did he change? He never changes. Doesn't need to. Perfection doesn't need to change. <laughs> it's God's will. For you to have your own place. Now somebody didn't hear that. Your own place. The Lord does not want you dependent. On other people and using other people's stuff. He wants you to have your own so he can control it through you. 
and He can do kingdom things with it through you. But you've got to have vision and you've got to be willing because you can get comfortable. It takes faith to keep reaching and to keep stretching when your bills are paid. you got a good place to stay. You okay? Kids are fed. Baby's got new shoes. Got a new car. We're doing all right. No, you're not. You're not doing all right until you're way out beyond your own needs. Because that's where your ministry is. Oh, you didn't hear me. Your ministry is in your surplus. I said your ministry is in your surplus. The more you have above your basic needs, that's the more you can bless people. You can feed people. You can send the gospel. Come on, are y'all listening? This is one of the biggest reasons why the devil fights this so hard. And millions are convinced that it's humility to not want anything. And not have anything. Well, I, I, all I, I've got everything I need. Well, what about everybody else? Your ministry is in your surplus. Your ministry is in your surplus. In your excess. In your abundance. In your over and above. I get so excited about this. You say, I don't know about that. Well, listen again. We brought materials to the church here. Several people received some last night for no charge. They're worth thousands of dollars. You know why we can sell them? I said, do you know why we can sell them? We're talking about thousands of dollars a day. Producing these and sending them. Why can we sow them? Because it's not taking everything we got to pay the bills at the church. We got surplus. Above and beyond what it's taken us to run. That's God's perfect will for every man of God, every woman of God, every child of God, every believer in every pew. It's His will. It's His will. And it's not because you work in five jobs. We're talking about more than you could ever produce. Our, our Father God is real. Amen. And He is some kind of 
rich. Amen. Gold and silver, he creates planets Amen. and galaxies. Rich don't, don't tell it. And he can move resources to you. Millions without making a phone call. Somebody said, I wish he would. It don't come by wishing. <laughs> because the other question is, what would you do? There's a lot of folks. If they had five million in the bank, they're not going to be in church, son. Oh, they might come and testify, but three or four weeks from then, where are they going to be? We don't like to think about it, but there's a whole lot of folks. They just, they, they wouldn't handle it right. Most people that win the lottery... They don't do well at all. A lot of them, their lives are worse off in a few months, in a year, two or five, than they were before. And it's all gone. People like to think, if I had a little money, it'd solve all my problems. A lot of times problems just get bigger. (laughs) But if the Lord can trust you, and your heart is right, And you're not seeking your own glory. And you're not seeking to prove something to somebody else. Show anybody that you're a big this or big that or big anything. Not interested in it. I know people might think, well, Brother Keith, you're on TV and you're this and you're that and you're the other. You know, obviously you you like people to see your face. No. (laughs) It's not true. I, I, I care the least about that. In fact, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it if anybody makes a big deal out of me because I love the anointing. And if you make too big a deal out of me, it messes with my anointing. I want to be on the airwaves because it's where so many people are. Millions of people. And you can, you can reach more. With more. It's about ability. Ability to do kingdom work. Oh friend, when I say that, does that stir something inside you? Come on, does it? Does it? Ability to do kingdom work. Somebody say ability, ability, ability. That's what abundance is for. Yes, it's for meeting your needs, but for much more. It's for much more than that. It's for meeting your needs and going far beyond. Hallelujah. Look with me. Let me, let me prove it to you. Second Corinthians. Where are you right now? You should, hold your place in Deuteronomy 8. We didn't get through with that. Deuteronomy 8. But go to Second Corinthians. Thanks be to God. Second Corinthians 9. Verse you're familiar with. But I want you to see it. Verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able. (laughs) 
Able to do what? To make all grace abound towards you. Did you know there's grace for the material part of your life? There's grace for the financial part of your life. All grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things. That's not the end. That's not the end. Tell me what the next part is. May abound to every good work. All your needs are met. Many good desires are fulfilled too. But you didn't stop there. I said you didn't stop there. You didn't stop there. Because your ministry is in your surplus. Your ministry is in your extra. Your ministry is in your abundance. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I won't take time to go and look at it and read it all, but if you go back to uh, Joshua and Judges, and you'll see that when, uh, through Joshua's leadership, they, they came out of Egypt and then they began to take the land. And they, they were apportioned different parts of the land, but they had to take it. You know, the Lord gives... But you still got to possess. And don't be shocked when the Lord gives you something and you go to pick it up and there's a great big hairy demon sitting on it. <laughs> that's just mine. You can't have it. Don't be shocked. Don't fall off your chair. That's the way the, the devil is a thief. He tries to steal everything. And so there were the Canaanites that were in it that they had to overcome. And after some of them possessing their land, one of the tribes came and said, uh, uh, we didn't get enough. We didn't get enough. We need more. And he said, well, go take it, Joshua said. But there was one tribe, that praising bunch, <laughs> Judah, the praising tribe. The Bible tells about how they possessed. And they possessed. And they possessed. And I'm paraphrasing, but they took land and took land and they sent back word and said, well, we got that. And they said, is there any to the north? He said, yeah, well, take it, take it. <laughs> so they took all that to the north and they said, well, we got it, we got it. Well, can we come home? Now, is there any, any over to, to the west? Well, yeah, yeah, a lot. Take it, take it. <laughs> so they took, read it, said it, but they took it and they took it and they took it until finally it said one of the other tribes they had their possession within the tribe of Judah because what they had taken was too much. I'm quoting. It was too much. Now see, people get upset about too much. But too much is a good thing. When it's resources that benefit the kingdom. They're a bunch of folks. They hadn't heard faith. They don't believe it. A lot of them got good hearts and they want to do things for the Lord, but they are so cramped and limited because of resources. They don't believe in sowing and reaping. They don't believe in tithing. They don't believe in vision. Some of us need to take too much so that there'll be resources that overflow. I'm checking you out. 
Go back to Deuteronomy. We're not just talking about money. That's right. That's part of it. You need that too. But without the plan of God, without the anointing, without the revelation, you wouldn't even know where to put the money. And you can spend a lot of money on stuff and get no fruit out of it. You can blow it. You can throw it away. But it's wonderful to have all you need to do a top-notch job of what he's dealing with you to do. Say it out loud. God's will for me is surplus. Extra. Surplus. Deuteronomy 8. Where were we? We need to finish this. 13. Let's, let's continue reading. Can we put it back up on the screen? Deuteronomy 8. When your herds and your flocks. I like it because it has an S on the end. Herds. Flocks. Multiply, and your silver and your gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. Now, let me stop. Let me stop. If all I get excited about is the flocks and the house and the gold, that's not a qualified vessel. If all I'm interested in is uh, is houses. And Vehicles. That's not an indication of a real true minister. If all I want is for somebody to be impressed with what I've got or what I've done, that, that does not represent the Lord. It's trying to represent yourself. But when your desire is His desire, you want His works financed, you want His projects completed. You want the people reached. You want the work done. Hallelujah. And when you want what he wants, for the same reasons he wants it, you become unstoppable. Hallelujah. And the limitations come off. You're not trying to build your own kingdom. You're not trying to be seen and known. You're endeavoring to get this gospel preached to every creature all the way around the world. You're endeavoring for this kingdom of God to be built. Hallelujah. For those that are hurting, get their answers. Right? Those in need, getting that need met, coming up. And instead of just surviving, coming into what the Lord brought you into. Becoming a conduit of blessing to others. Instead of being one in need, being the one God's using to meet the need. That's turning your captivity. Jesus in his healing ministry, people would come in on the bed, the bed would go out on them. <laughs> he said, take up your bed. He came in on the bed, but the bed went out on them. Hallelujah. <laughs> You can come in being in need, but you go out being the one God that uses to meet the need. 
And that can happen for anybody. The Bible said he takes people from the dung heap and he sets them with princes. He gets glory out of doing that. People that nobody thought would ever amount to anything. <laughs> Friend of mine of the part of the country, he had a single mom and with some daughters in his church and they lived in a rough part of town and he uh the daughter grew up and was, was going to marry. They didn't have any money for the wedding. And, and he felt like he was supposed to help. He, out of his pocket, personal. He, he helped them have a good wedding and, and did some nice things for them and helped them through several times. And uh, uh, some uh, couple of years later, he was believing for some things and standing for some large amounts. And th- this lady came through the church and said, Pastor said, uh, some good things have happened. I'm going to be bringing my tithe by. He said, well, praise God. You know, he's, he's thinking a couple of dollars maybe, you know. She comes by a $50,000 check. He shook his head. He said, is this real? She said, yeah, it's real. And I got another one, a $10,000 one for you. He said, What? She said, I've been believing. And this thing happened. And this money's coming into me. And it's going to keep coming. God uses people that nobody would think of. People that were on the receiving end of the help. God turned their captivity. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. Somebody say hallelujah. But, but, but if you won't obey him with a tithe, if you won't obey him with a hundred dollar bill, and if the main thing you got in mind or something like that is people knowing that you did it, you don't qualify. <laughs> Keep reading. Keep reading. When your herds, flocks, Multiply and your silver and your gold multiply. And all that you have is multiplied. Is this still the will of God? Yes. Houses, lands, herds, resources. Verse 14. He, he, this goes back to the couple of verses before. Beware that your heart be lifted up. What was he talking about? Pride. And you forget the Lord your God. You know, it's because you've got a big car. It don't make you anything. You're the same old boy you were before you got the car. It's because you got a big ring. It don't make you a different woman than you used to be. I mean, <laughs> huh? you, you're the same girl. You're the same woman. <laughs> Watch out that your heart don't get lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of of bondage. That same man I was talking about that the woman came and, and sowed that seed, uh, they started off really humble beginnings. In the beginning days of their traveling ministry, he and his wife and his two sons would split a happy meal out on the road. That's where they were. And boy, over the course of the years, they, they got a hold of sowing and reaping. Tithing and sowing and reaping. And man, they did it and they did it without flinching. And man, in a few years, God had them in an executive home. 
He had them cars. He had them stuff and their giving and kingdom. But usually every year or so, he'd load his boys in the car and drive them back down where they used to live. And show them. And say, look where the Lord brought us from. Remember what the Lord did for us. How many think you should never forget? You should never forget. You, you, got, you got to stir yourself up. To remind. A lot of people don't want to look there. They, they want to pretend I was never there. I've always been fabulous. <laughs> but everybody comes from somewhere. Right? And it's not something to, to be ashamed of. It's something to be thankful for. And you don't want to hide where the Lord brought you from because you want people that are still there inspired, not intimidated, but inspired. And talk about how, how He brought you out. And the first baby steps. He said and that you forget the Lord your God that brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage, keep going. Led you through that great and terrible wilderness where there was fiery serpents, scorpions, drought. There was no water. He brought you forth water out of the rock. A flint. Keep going. He fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers, nobody had ever seen it. That he might humble you and that he might prove you and do you good at your latter end. God's always got the future in mind. He wants us to pass this test and be a good steward and, and obey. Why? Because he wants to add to you. He wants to increase. But, but he can't until you're faithful in the little thing. You wouldn't be faithful with more. He fed you in the wilderness with manna. Keep going to the next uh, 17. Beware that you say in your heart, what, what's the problem? My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Old friend, that's an evil thing to say after God has brought you out by His mercy and grace. I'm a self-made man. Self-made millionaire. I, I'm, I'm a successful entrepreneur. Oh, entrepreneur. <laughs> you are. You are. No. No, honey. It's the mercy of God. And if you say, my power, the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. Verse 18. But you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is He. Somebody say, oh, it's Him. It's Him. It's Him. He's the one that gives you power to get wealth. Hallelujah. So that you can have all kind of stuff and not have to work. Huh? <laughs> so that everybody be impressed with you. What? No, to establish his covenant. God, what well, one translation said, he gives you power to make wealth. Why? Yeah, he wants your needs to be met, but much more than that. There is a great commission. 
There is a prime directive of the new covenant. It is that this gospel be preached all over this world. I mean, He wants this world blanketed with the Word of God. Come on, are y'all with me? Every available voice. He wants it and He doesn't want it cheap and junky looking. He wants it top, top, top. Cutting edge. Come on, y'all, listen to me. Top. Well, that takes money. That takes resources. That takes stuff. And it takes a lot more than your rent payment. And so we got to have vision beyond where we are. Hallelujah. Beyond where we are. Somebody say it out loud and mean it in your heart. Say, Lord, here, here I am. Use me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Can I have just a few minutes here to close? I think. <clears throat> Many quote the scripture. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's good. But the Lord enlightened me on this a couple of years ago concerning our own people, our own churches. He said, people say that, but how are they serving me? To serve literally means to work. People say that because they go to church. Going to church is not serving the Lord. That's, that's coming and getting much needed feeding and fellowship with like-minded believers. That's not serving the Lord to just come and sit and listen and be fed. That's receiving. Serving the Lord involves the three T's. Your time, your talents, and your treasure. It involves investment of your time. Hmm? How many know behind the scenes here and in Branson and Sarasota, a lot of things had to happen for us to have good service tonight? Behind, how many, a lot of people worked, right? Working my parking lot, clean teams, children's, video, audio. These guys practiced singing, prayer, right? That's serving the Lord. Things that minister so that the word, so that the presence of God, so that the things happen, you have some part of that. But in order for that to occur, the reason why millions of saved people don't do it, won't do it, is because they want to spend all their time for what they want. And all their talents on what they want. 
and all their treasure on what they want. And covetousness is idolatry. Money is a lord. Mammon is a lord you serve. Mammon makes a great servant, but a lousy God. Let me give you two big ways to overcome covetousness. This is good, good information. Good revelation. Number one, wait for what you want. If your house needs carpet and the church needs carpet, come on, help me out. Help me out. We get the church's carpet. Hmm? And we wait on ours. Might be two days. Might be two years. But you prove that you have overcome that personal covetousness by putting his things first and putting your flesh because your flesh wants it when? When did your flesh want <laughs> You knew the answer to that. Too quick. Your flesh wants it right now. You're not saying I'm not going to get my carpet. But you're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then he told you all those things he's going to see to it that they're added to you so you're going to get your carpet all of us got have had to deal with covetousness something you want you want to remodel your, your apartment or you you want to get an apartment you you want your own house you you want a better car you want, and it's okay to want some things it's not okay to want it more then you want his things. One of the first years, I guess this was like year two of Phyllis and I being in the ministry, just as green and young as could be, believe in God for every tank of gas, lunch money, we're going to Ramah. And I needed shoes. I had gotten down to one pair and they were worn out, and we're supposed to be dressing like we're in the ministry. And and I had two pair of pants, and a couple of jackets, and so you wear one one day, wear one the other day. And uh, and one thing the Lord told me about that is because I was kind of put out about it. He said uh, I was fussing about my stuff being worn. He said uh, that not being thankful for what I had was interfering with my faith for better. So I, I, I stopped it. And I realized I couldn't even go to school class if I didn't have what I had. So I, and my little car I had. So I started thanking God for what I had. And I quit griping about it. And I started speaking over it. And saying, you're going to serve me well as long as I need you. Amen. Right? Amen. And uh, But my shoes were really looking rough. And uh, I just didn't have the money to get any. So I'm, I asked the Lord, I'm believing for shoe money. 
And lo and behold, here comes a check in the mail for personal stuff, $50. This was a few years ago. and You could get your okay pair of shoes for $50. And, and I'm, I'm ecstatic. Boy, I, I prayed good that day in prayer school. <laughs> I, I was hallelujah. My faith had, had worked. I had received. God had heard my prayer because nobody really knew except Phyllis and myself that we were really focused on getting a new pair of shoes. And so uh, the mall was like, I don't know, 15 miles away. And when prayer school's over, I'm going, getting me a new pair of shoes and getting these things off and quit looking so rough. And, and uh, in prayer school, I'm laying there praying and uh, there was a young man who was preaching there in the afternoon. He was just a couple years older than me, and young in the ministry, but man, he was doing a great job. And I was really enjoying it. And, and the Lord, uh, a voice came up to my heart. What are y'all laughing about? Came up to my heart and mind. He said, uh, said he, that young man, he's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Specific, brown. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. I thought, okay. Well, Lord, I know you'll take care of him. I mean, you, you took, you took care of me. And I know, so I'm, I'm gonna pray right now and get in agreement. What are y'all laughing about? I'm gonna get in agreement with him. So I did. And a few minutes passed and it came up again. He's believing me. For a pair of brown shoes. I said well Lord I'm thanking you for them. I mean I, I, I prayed. We're, I'm in faith with him. I'm in faith strong with him. And then, then it came up to my, my heart. My mind said. Uh, Sow him your shoe money. And I'll take care of you. And you won't lack. For good shoes. And I immediately rebuked the devil. <laughs> I did. I said, you saw a devil trying to confuse me and steal my shoe money. I mean, here God has moved and brought me my shoe money and you're trying to steal my shoe money. Get thee behind me. I did. I rebuked the devil. A few minutes later, what do you think? What do you think? Came up again. The Lord's merciful. He, he knows. He, he knew I didn't know any better. He said, sow him. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Sow him your shoe money. And I'll take care of you. And you won't lack for good shoes. I thought, that's not the devil. That's the same spirit spoke to me to come to Rhema. That's the same. <laughs> I said, okay, okay. 
Looking back now, I didn't realize it, but that was very significant what was going on that day. It was about a whole lot more than shoes and $50. But to me at the time, it was a big deal. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I went to the service that afternoon. That young man was preaching there. I kept noticing his shoes, and they they looked pretty good to me. I mean, they're, they're way better and nicer than any pair of shoes I had. Come on, say that loud. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. What kind of ground do you want to sow into? Ground that's never produced a harvest of what you need? Or ground that's producing the bumper crop of what you need and want? There is giving to the poor. That's alms. That's good and right. That's another kind of giving. The Lord will repay you. But then sowing and reaping where you reap the seed like you planted, that's another thing. You want to sow good seed in good ground. So I overcame that too. And at the end of the service, I came up and said, can I speak to you just a minute? I won't take long. And he said, yeah, sure, sure. I said, "Uh, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? He said, huh? called his wife. He said, come here, come here, come here, come here. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to turn me into the office. (laughs) They got some flaky guy here. He said, tell her what you told me. I said, I just said, are you, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? She said, glory to God. She said, it wasn't three hours ago. We stood uh, back in that back office before the service and joined hands and agreed together and asked God specifically for a pair of brown shoes. Well, that was the same time I was rebuking the devil. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, well, I said, brother, here's something towards him. So I sold him my $50. That was all I had. Sold him my $50. He grabbed my hand. He prayed over it. We thanked God. And as I walked out of the door, out of the building, it was a winter day. Wind was blowing. It was cold. I'm not going to the mall. (laughs) But, 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 the Spirit of God quickened me. And I felt like I was half floating across the parking lot. I had heard from God. Brown shoes. I had heard from God. I had been a part of the answer to their prayer. And what I didn't realize is that for what was going to happen the next year and the year after that, I'm going to need a lot more than $50. I needed suits. I needed shirts. I needed everything. And I needed a lot more than one $50 pair of shoes. And the Lord's endeavoring to take care of me. Far beyond what I had in mind. But he needed me to obey him. And he wanted to, in the future, put thousands in my hands. And hundreds of thousands in my hands. And tens of millions in my hands. 
But if I won't obey him with $50, I'm never going to see this other. Oh, thank God for his grace. Thank God for, thank God I didn't miss God over $50. Do you know many have? Many have. And you know what happened after that? I mean, it wasn't but just a few months. Here comes a new pair of shoes. And another new pair of shoes. And another new pair of shoes. And nice ones. I had total strangers walk up to me and hand me their gold cards. And say, <laughs> he's ready. And they said, they said, go and buy you a nice pair of dress shoes. Now don't get the, don't get the regular kind. Get some exotic skins. Get some nice ones. That happened more than once. Strangers come up and hand me money, hand me credit cards. I thought, well, how am I going to get my credit card back to you? They, they said, I'll be here next service or whatever. I got nice shoes. <laughs> to this day, I got nice shoes. <laughs> and a lot of them, I paid nothing for them. Nothing. People say, wonder how much that shoe cost. Probably a lot. <laughs> But I may have paid less for it than you did yours. The Lord is endeavoring to get such abundance to us. But you got to obey. You got to be. At the time, I had to overcome covetousness. Anybody see what I'm talking about? I, I, that was a big deal to me. I felt like I needed that right there. And it wasn't somebody pulling on me to do something. And it wasn't just a wild idea that came across my mind. The Lord led me to do that. Oh, but he's faithful. Can somebody say faithful? 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 He has taken care of us. Oh, we got shoes. We got clothes. Hallelujah. And the main thing I want them for. Is to do his will. Amen. Do his pleasure. Amen. After 20 years. We had been in Tulsa. Phyllis and I. We believed God for a house. We were in a, that little rough place. I told you about last night. <laughs> Thank God we moved on up. out Into another apartment. We believed God to get in just a regular apartment. We thought we had arrived. Then we got a better apartment. Then we got a, a rent house. Man, we had our own garage and our own washing machine. Now, brother, when you don't have to go to the washeteria, it's shouting time, brother. Do they still call them washeterias? I don't know. Old school. Okay, all right. Uh, that's why they called them back then. <laughs> Oh, y'all laughing at me. <laughs> uh, and then we got a we got a pretty nice little house, little uh, three bedroom house. And we lived in that for uh, I, you know seven eight years I guess. And we were believing for what to us was a dream house. We were believing for something nice. And uh, year by year went by. And we weren't there. And then uh, 
We, we, we started to get a house or two and even some things we really liked. And the Lord checked us, you know, and leave that alone. Leave that alone. And so we waited. Everybody say waited. waited. <laughs> Your flesh like that? No. No. And, and, and to my wonderful wife's credit, I mean, there's one house in particular. Man, she really liked that house. And <laughs> we were driving somewhere. And boy, the Lord dealt with me strong. Leave it alone. I didn't want to tell her <laughs> what the Lord said. But I did. And she said, well, that's what the Lord says. Okay. A lot of ladies wouldn't have been like that. Thank God. She was that way. And so years went by. But then one day we were driving. Sometimes if we had a day off, we'd drive around and look. Our faith's out there. We came by this place. Oh, it was nice. White stone. Columns in the front. The house place went all the way around the corner. Tennis court. Big pool. Six car garage. Uh-huh. And boy, we something about it struck us. And so there was no for sale sign or anything, but we pulled in and it was vacant. And looked through the windows and... We had to leave the next day or two to go out on a meeting, but uh, the Lord kept dealing with us, check on that, check on that. So we checked on it. Sure enough, it had gone into receivership, and uh, a bank owned it, and the Lord dealt with us make them an offer. It was low. It was low. <laughs> That's where we were. They came back within just a few thousand. And we felt like we needed to proceed with this. So we did. We didn't have the money, but sitting in the parking lot of the bank, to close the deal, we got a phone call and notified that a big check was headed our way that we had, nobody had expected. I mean, the Lord put us in that house. He put us in that house. So nice. I mean, nicer than we would have ever back in the beginning imagined. Well, one thing it didn't have was a new modern stainless kitchen. And Phyllis wanted that. Well, we released our faith for that. Oh, after about a year or so, a man came and handed Phyllis an envelope full of money and said, you've been believing for something. Here it is. She built out that new kitchen. And about four months after that, the Lord dealt with us to leave it and go to Branson. And we didn't know why. Well, I, I just got into aviation. We had a little airplane, and we, we were able to get a hangar. That's not easy to get. Hangar on the field, and got it paid for. wasn't very big, but it was, we got a house close to the airport. Drive over there, get in your plane, go preach, come back. Hey. <laughs> Cooking with Crisco, man. I mean, <laughs> and uh, am I going too long? I don't think I'll be much longer. Uh, the more we prayed about this, we realized he's serious about this. It took us 20 years 
to build to this place. Fifteen years believing for this house. Several years on this other stuff. You're just thinking. One way to overcome covetousness is to make yourself wait on it while you do his things first. Another way to overcome covetousness is to give what's precious to you. These are the only ways. There are no shortcuts. The thing that was a desire of your heart that you got. Did you know God will ask you for your Isaac? People said, no, he wouldn't. He did. He does. Not because he wants to take something from you. Because he wants to give you something far exceeding abundantly above what you ever thought. I remember one day, one day getting ready in the mirror, shaving, and I'm thinking, are you, are you going to do this? Phyllis just got her kitchen. You just got your dream house. You just got your hangar. You just got your office set up. You just got things. You're going where nobody knows you. You're going to start over from scratch and, and do what? And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, son, do you believe that I am able to give you more than this. Better than this. I've set my razor down. I said, yes, sir, I do. I do. And I'm through wavering. I'm through messing with it. You want us over there? Here we go. So we liquidated. Put up my hanger because those things were so valuable. It's so just like that. Put up our house. Ed sold, we put this up, our little plane that we had, we put it up as to get started on this other church. And the little field over there was a little tiny thing, and it's a little small town, and there was, it just wasn't convenient to travel from, and there were so many things, and we wound up in a little rent house that the water didn't work right in. And there's no pool and no six-car garage anymore. It's, it's gone. But months passed, and a year passed, and the Lord said to me, that the second week after we, we moved to Branson, I told our staff, I said, the Lord told me, he's given us the best of Branson. And I believe it. The best of Branson. And within a matter of months, we had the best property and now we got, we got 75 acres right in the middle of town. We got a sign, big as anybody's sign. Everything's paid for. We got a house overlooks the lake. Way out beyond that other one. There was no hangar. We didn't know there would be any Sarasota. But just this past couple of years, the Lord gave us one of the best hangers on the field, gave us a plane. I had no idea we'd have one that could travel the world. And it's all come in. What if I hadn't turned loose of the new kitchen? What if we had, what if Phyllis had said, I've just got where I want to be. 
You're not dragging me around to some other new state. But we got to start over from scratch. Thank God. Thank God. I'm thanking God. That's not the kind of woman I have. I have a woman of God. Hallelujah. That's just as willing, sometimes more, to sacrifice than me. Why? We're here, child of God, for a few days. We're just here for a little while. All this stuff is so temporary. Come on, y'all with me? Thank God for some good stuff to use, but don't focus on it. Don't set your affection on anything down here. Let it be on the things that are above. Hallelujah. That's where you're seated with Christ, and that's where you're going. And it's not how much golf we played. How much stuff we had or how much we traveled and had fun. What did we do that helped the kingdom of God? What did we do that helped the church? That helped get the gospel out? The church needs carpet. You need carpet. Get the church carpet. Wait on yours. Need a car and the missionary needs a car. Get the missionary a car. Come on, y'all with me? And you won't want for cars. How many believe you put him first? All these things will be added to you. You honor Him. He will honor you. Praise God. Stand up on your feet, please. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord. If you believe you heard something from Him, from him give Him thanks for it. Look, look to Him. Look to Him. Give Him thanks. Tell Him. Say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for helping us to qualify for beyond where we are. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, let's thank Him some more. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, we're so thankful.